1: Don't miss our
0: special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, where you can win some prices pieces of signed football Beer each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a signed and framed Vladimir Souffaut shirt Tickets are just £4.95 each and just 99 tickets will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Friday the 10th of September. So you've got to be quick and the draw is made an hour later live on their Facebook channel. There's been some fantastic sign pieces from Paolo de Canio, Decan Rice and Mikel Antonio last week up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprices.co.uk to check them out. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. With the transfer window now closed and the international break bringing a temporary stop to proper football, not a lot has gone on in the world of West End this week. Declan Rice got on the score sheet for England in the 4 0 demolition of Hungary and went viral with his reaction. In the Hungarian ultras, chucking their beers at England's players. Elsewhere, Nikola Vlasic, Kurt Zuma, Alex Krauss, Thomas Suchek, Vladimir Sufau, Andrzej Yarmolenko, Pablo Fanau, Saeed Benrama, and of course, Michael Antonio have all been in action for their countries. And congratulations to Michael Antonio in particular, who made his international bow with Jamaica despite getting absolutely turned over 3 0 by Panama. Away from international duty, not a great deal has happened at West Ham. Apparently, PAI Capital have made another bid for the club now that the transfer window is closed. And the Daily Mail have been writing questionable articles about our inability to sign a striker. More on that in a bit. The good news is we're still second in the Premier League. We're absolutely massive. And the fans have been given the all-clear to travel away, travel to away games in Europe from, from next week. So now we really are going on a European tour. If you haven't already guessed, there's no Will this week. He's sunning up in uh, sunny Portugal. Um, so, or as I've heard, it's not been quite relaxing for him so far, but um, hopefully it gets a little bit better for him for the rest of this week. But it's still, Reese is still here. How are you, Reese?
2: Yeah, very well, mate. self?
1: Yeah, can't complain, mate. I must You're admit, it might, might not be relaxing for him. I wish I was over in Portugal.
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, we've got some good weather, haven't we, the last couple of days? So, yeah. Hopefully, listen, yeah, I, I mean, we've only got another couple of days of it, but nice while it's lasting.
1: Yeah, I make the most of it. Although I'm stuck in, stuck inside working, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know,
2: always, the way, always the way.
1: Working for my own muffler, like an oven. So it's um t- today was particularly difficult. It was like, I might, I might as well have just sat in the oven. Although it's not big enough, <laughs> obviously, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, what have you made in international break, mate? I know it's a little bit boring this time of year, but been, been looking out for some of the names?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always, you know, I went for a bit of a stage a few years ago of not even really watching much international football even with England but you know the, the, I'm sure like any fans if you've got players that play in the teams um the, I always say it like every fan does you just watch it and hope that there's no injuries Um hmm. you know the, because we've been playing well it's obviously quite a uh, it's quite a good thing for the players to be, be recognised from their international sides especially the four nows and as you said about Antonio whether that's going to work out or not I don't know but um Certainly good for the other players to get a bit of game time as well. When um, yeah, I didn't realise there is more games this week. I thought that would have been thought it would have been a Thursday sort of Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and that would be it. But
1: so yeah, they, games. With United they, still They Used to only have two games in national break, but they're, yeah, they're now cramming three. I don't know whether that's because of COVID, um, and they had to stop it for a while, didn't they? So I don't know whether it's because of that they've had to cram three into a week rather than the normal two. But it, it does seem like a little bit much, doesn't it? Hmm.
2: I mean, I suppose you're not, there's no travelling fans anywhere, is there? I don't think it's not just us that you can't. So, mm. I suppose it's probably easier to get everything turned round. I know, obviously, you are playing home and away, but, you know, you haven't got to worry about fans getting flights and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's true. But again, I know we've only had a couple of, let's say, I mean, I thought the uh, hungry game was blinded, especially second half. You know, I thought the players really stepped up and, played against the crowd before that was really good. But it's it's good to see. Hopefully we'll carry on from what could have been in the summer um to push on for the World Cup next year.
1: Definitely, definitely. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about the the players involved in the national break a little bit later on. But before that, we'll get into a bit of housekeeping. Uh, as everyone knows we're on Twitter. You can follow us at we are underscore West Ham over there on Instagram, we are West Ham Pod. On Facebook, brand new Facebook page. Get over there and like us. We've got about 100 likes, hundreds 110 likes so far. I want to keep growing that. You can search We Are West Ham podcast on there. On YouTube, growing that very quickly as well, about 400 subscribers. Just search for We Are West End podcast. And if you've got anything to say, you've got any questions to ask, got any tips, got any special things you want us to talk about, then you can email us at wearewesthampod at gmail.com. Links to all of the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are obviously included in the description to this podcast below, both on YouTube and on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And also, if you do particularly enjoy what we do, then you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash We Are West Ham. We've had quite a few people do that, particularly over the summer, so we really appreciate your support. Um, but what's coming up in this week's show, as I've already mentioned, that Made On Line article, those that follow me on Twitter would have seen... Uh, on Monday morning, around about 7 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and, and saw this article from the Mail Online and it enraged me. Um, it was Monday morning, so it wasn't wasn't my best time of the week. Um, and so I went on a bit of a Twitter tir- t- tirade and um, went absolutely mental at the Mail Online. They haven't replied, funnily enough. So we'll, go, <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Um, as, again, all, what we already touched on, Plows on international duty, it is, we are recording this on Monday, so by the time you listen to this, um, there will have been another round of fixtures. But... Um, Still a couple of games for most of our players on international duty. Should we touch on that? Obviously, we've got the betway section. No bets last week because there was no game, but we look ahead to the Southampton game. We've also got something a little bit different this week uh, for the listeners. We've got an exclusive interview with singer-songwriter and huge West Ham fan, James Smith. Um, He was on um, Britain's Got Talent all those years ago, I think when he was about 13, 14. Um, He's now in his early 20s. Um, Big West Ham fan, so we're going to speak to him a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, no West Ham women's section this week, unfortunately. They did lose their opener, uh, opening game of the WSL season, 2-0 away at Brighton, um, but no section on that, so we'll get back to that next week. Uh, and then we'll just wrap up at the end of that. But first up, let's talk about uh, the Mad Online article about their inaccuracies um, based around West Ham's inability to sign a striker Next. So, it's no secret to any West Ham fan that the club has been absolutely woeful at signing strikers over the last 10, 15, probably even 20 years. I think the last striker to have scored 15 goals, 15 Premier League goals in one season was Marlon Harewood. Um, and the last one, oh, I think that was in 2005, 2006, if I'm not, yep. 2006, 2007, something like that. And then the last one that scored 20 was actually um, John Artson back in what, the late 90s. Um, mid-90s, so we're not very good at signing strikers, but everyone knows it, but I do take exception to all this. It comes out every year um, when they go, oh, you know, West Ham have signed X amount of strikers under Golden Sullivan, and and then they list all these strikers that the club have supposedly signed, Um, and every year the list just includes a bunch of players that either never played for the club um, or aren't strikers, and having opened up this article on Monday morning, it's bad time of the week for anyone, isn't it, really? Monday morning. You know, you've got another week of work. And then you, you just read this article that is just completely inaccurate. Um, the thing that got me first off, Rhys, was the fact that they said that Nikola Vlasic is West Ham's 50th striker signing since Golden Sullivan bought the club. Well, I mean, it's not a striker for a star. Um, so that caught my attention straight away. And they said that he spent £250 million on strikers in that time. Definitely, definitely haven't spent that amount of money. Right. So that's that's when I was like, well, I'm going to flick through and see what they put in there because Vlasic is already wrong, so it can't be 50. So let's start, race. Let's start from the very top of what they've got and then we can talk through everyone um, <clears> and we can basically rip this article to shreds and put them out to um, bang to rights um, because, if, I mean, I'm a journalist, I've, I've, I'm a sports writer. I've, 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 this is my profession and... You got to, you live and die on your accuracy of your articles and whoever wrote this just embarrassing. So let's start from the very top. Mido definitely a striker. Yep. Um, what are your memories yeah. of Mido? Not very good.
2: <laughs> um, it's weird with him because you know he, he was sort of average at Spurs and he was a borough as well. And then when we signed him, I remember I think we he's either his debut was away. I think it was at Burnley the same day as. Benny McCarthy obviously had come up and then we had a home game midweek and I remember him coming on and he chased a couple of balls down and obviously and then all of a sudden like the I think it would have been the centenary lower, not Trevor Brookin Lower, we were all singing me at him. But he was woeful, mate.
1: Do you not remember that penalty you missed up at Goodison Park?
2: Oh yeah, the uh, the, the two two draw, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah straight to straight the keeper. Cost us a yeah. game that. Um yeah, woeful. Cost us two and a half million quid, zero goals. Um lasted what I mean, I'm surprised he lasted what almost what over a year. Um and the male have given him an impact rating of one out of ten, which you know, fair enough. Bang on. Um next up, Ben McCarthy. I remember with Benny McCarthy, we literally tried signing him for five years. And then Golden Sullivan rots up and we'd finally signed him. We thought, finally, we've got we've got this former Porto striker, Champions League winner. Um and he just turned that overweight and, and rubbish, didn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I mean, he showed glimpses again on his debut. I think he had half a chance. I think, if I remember right, he went round the keeper and it got booted off the line. But you know, he, when you see him in the flesh, core, did he look heavy? You know, I'm yeah. not one, but yeah, he's, it was. You know, I don't know whether it was he was bought in just to maybe try and see if he can get a couple of goals at the start, but he was so far off the pace. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, those first two, because this is actually in order of of them signing under Golden Sullivan. Right. Um. So the first two didn't really... I mean, it should have been like a sign that actually, no, this is probably not going to go very well <laughs> under Golden Sullivan, is it? Um, but the next one was Freddie Pickyon, who showed glimpses, scored 11 goals for us, uh, signing for a million under Avram Grant. I think as soon as Avram Grant rocked up the club, you kind of half expect us to sign Pickyon, and we ended up doing that um but i mean he wasn't too bad was he
2: no i mean he he you know he was with avram at at pompey and then i thought it was a good addition i think he scored i'm pretty sure he scored a couple couple of goals early doors um and then he was sort of in and out the side and yeah he was there even in the championship again he was he was a good target man he scored i remember we beat spurs didn't he? he scored the only goal in that game um I think that was to get us our first win of the season back in that September. So, yeah, I wouldn't class him as a disaster um, nah. by any means. But, um, you know, I thought I thought he'd done all right for us. But, again, someone probably coming to the end of their career, a bit of a payday. But Avram liked him and, you know, it, it, it could have probably gone a bit better. But he wasn't all that bad, I didn't think.
1: No, nah, I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right. Um, next up, Pablo Barrera. Never been a striker. Like, just, I mean, I don't even know what he's doing on there. And and they've said in the article that his backers will say he was not an out and out striker. I'm as bad as a winger. The zero goal says it all. The reason why people say that is because he wasn't the striker, he was a winger. Yeah, that's why we yeah. say he, he never played up front for us. I mean, he was terrible. I'll give him that. Um, he has no place on this list. So that's now 49 strikers. Yeah. Because he's like, he's, he shouldn't be there. Uh, 4 million quid, zero goals. Um, lasted two years at the club, weirdly, but um, yeah, not very good. Um, Victor Rabina. Now, this is a questionable one for me, Reese, because I looked at his his record, and he played about half of his games as a, a, a second or, or shadow striker, um, and the rest were as a left winger. And it, I don't think he was signed as a striker, was he? He was stri- signed as a winger, but he ended up playing a little bit up front. And I'm just I'm. I'm not too sure whether we should be including him on this list.
2: No, I thought he was more of a I thought he was more of a wide player. Um, you know, I think he was signed a bit like Barrera to to probably play supporting forwards, but no way in any shape or form is he a striker. He, again he'd done pretty well. He scored he chipped in with a few good goals. Um Man United Cup game at home. Mm. Uh beating 4 0 he, he played but you know, he was he was another player, he would get on a score sheet, but he never had the build of a striker. He was pacey, he liked to mm. get to the byline, trickery. So, yeah, I wouldn't have him on the list, mate.
1: No, he's, he's off the list. That's 48 strikers now. Um, Denver Bar, um, and I, I look back at that Denver Bar sign and just think, if only we'd have stayed up. I mean, he, he had dodgy knees, didn't he? But um, yeah. still, if you look at the career, the Premier League career he had after he after he played for us. Like if we'd have stayed up, it'd have been blinding for us. Seven goals, only cost us six hundred and eighty grand, um, according to this article. Um, seven goals in what twelve games? I think it was, uh, and almost kept us up.
2: Yeah, he was. Uh, it, it was the old. When it, I remember, I didn't really know much about him, and then you're hearing, yeah, he's got really bad knees. Is he going to pass a medical and all that sort of stuff? But you know, when he come in, I thought with his goals, I thought he would keep us up. Um, you know, it could have gone right down to the wire in the end on that last game, but obviously it didn't. But mm. yeah, it's a shame he didn't keep him. And to be fair, he ended up having quite an half decent career in the Prem, didn't he? So um, certainly one I'd, I'd put near the top of yeah. uh, of ones that have been signed.
1: And I mean, just give it like it was an actual striker, so he's got a place yeah. on this list. Yeah. Uh, the next striker to arrive was Robbie Keane uh, on loan from Spurs. Uh, two goals. Um back end of his career when he was he was finished by the time he rocked up at Upton Park, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, he again, he showed glimpses of, you know, I always did rate right? him as a very, very good player and I remember we were close to buying him when he first went to, I think it was, he signed for Inter Milan or something like that back in the 90s and I think we were sniffing around him then, but yeah, he came in, didn't he? I think and he, I remember him having a couple of chances that he missed and you could tell the crowd were getting on his back because he was obviously still at Spurs, but Yeah, at the time. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, he was was a good player to see play for us, but nowhere near his normal level.
1: Mm. Next on the list, Sam Baldock. No no real opinion of him. Five goals. He was a striker, so he he definitely deserves to be on the list. Arrived in August 2011 to 2.7 mil, one of um, Sam Allardyce's first signings. Um, Five goals wasn't the best, but... Kind of he scored a couple of goals in a playoff semis, I believe. I seem to remember against
2: Cardiff. He he was just one of them players where he uh I'm surprised he didn't get played more, if you know what I mean. He, he linked up with uh old super John Carew. Um yeah. But it was another one. We bought him, he scored a few goals and you thought he would go with push on and then there was games where you just didn't see him. I know obviously Aladice had his his own way of playing, so it was quite a surprise to me when we signed him. Anyway, because you know he was he was short and pacey, but not the typical Dice player to say that. But he, again, he certainly knew where the goal was. Um, but you know, he didn't. For me, he didn't really get a lot a lot of chances. No,
1: no. Next up on the list, we'll, we'll start flying through these. Actually, uh, Brian Montenegro, one appearance, arrived on loan. Just yeah, nothing. Uh, but he is on the list because he was a striker and he did appear for the club, so we've got to keep
2: him on the list. Um, That was probably League League Cup first round or something like that. It was, I think it was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It uh,
1: it was actually, made just one appearance which came in an FA Cup defeat by Civil Wednesday.
2: Oh, right,
1: Um, I think that was the one we lost, like, 1-0 at Hillsborough, I think it was. uh, John Carew, the next one, free transfer, two goals. Um, Yeah, again, another one that arrived at the end of his career. Um if I mean if you were a player coming to the end of your career, you you probably would have had your agent on the phone at West Ham at any moment during that era, wouldn't you? It's gonna yeah.
2: fancy
1: a player. Yeah. Um
2: yeah. especially the yeah. championship, we're rolling them out, weren't we, in the championship.
1: Definitely, definitely. Next start was Nicky Maynard. It was Nicky Maynard that scored the the one or two goals in those in those semi playoff semi finals. Yeah, you're it's right, quite-
2: actually. Yeah, it, uh, in the second leg, he did yeah.
1: Um four goals for us, one point seven mil. It was a, a January signing, it was when we were going for a promotion, and Aladdice just spent a, a load of money in that January, didn't it, to try and, um, a load of money in the championship standards, to be fair. Yeah. Um, just to bring in a load of players, and, um, he was one of them. Did all right. Didn't last long. He was never a Premier League player. So when we did go up, you kind of knew that he was going to be, going to be gone. But another one didn't get a lot of game time, but was a striker. Yeah. Um, scored some
2: goals. You know, it's probably scored some goals that actually helped us as well. So, um, you know, he was he was you're right, he, he's level that was to get us out of the league. I think if we didn't go up maybe he might have he might have hung about, but
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. Um the next one this is the one that really, really annoyed me out of everything. Um, and it's because they've got the whole name wrong. So they put here Joe Dixon and I thought, Who knows Joe Dixon? Um, the player we actually saw him was Terry Dixon. <laughs> Now, when he when we did sign him, and I know a, a lot of fact he kind of did sign under the radar a little bit. But it, we got him from Tottenham as a young player, um, and there was a lot of Tottenham mates at the time. were like no, this kid's got a lot of promise. I'm a little bit annoyed, let him go, but he's got he's got a bit of a knee problem. He had a serious knee injury while he was at Spurs, um, and he just never recovered from it, and that was it. But this article says that it was Joe Dixon that we signed. He's a Man United academy product. Um, <laughs> And he was only at the club for two months. I mean, it wasn't Joe Dixon, it was Terry Dixon. Um, doesn't sound like a footballer, admittedly, Terry Dixon. That. <laughs> um, but, that, I mean, like, he's not on the list because, yeah, okay, he was a striker, but he never played for the club. Um, so we'll take him off. The next one, for me, this one, one of the best, is Ricardo Vazte, absolute hero of a man. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows why. Got the winner in the playoff final. Um Showed off his abs. Can't get enough of those abs, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, 19 goals for us. I mean, we stopped starting the Premier League, but when we signed him in that January in the Championship, he, he almost single-handedly got us up, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I, I never really... Again, you, you hear of players that have had a bit of a... You know, he was at, he was at Barnsley we are going from. Was it Barnsley? And, uh, you know... he
1: Yeah, it was Barnsley, yeah.
2: He just absolutely... Just fit in straight away, knew where the net was. Um, You know, and yeah, to get the winner he did like in the playoff final. He's uh, again, it's a shame he never got a a big chance in the Prem. Um, But I think the way that Allardyce was playing again, he probably didn't fit in, fit in of how he wanted his style to be.
1: No, no. And I'm actually taking taking him off the list, Bruce, because. He played 61 games for us in all competitions, and only seven of those he was he was as a striker. Really, yeah. Um, and he still scored 19 goals. Um, so, class player, um, but for me, not a striker. Um, so he's off the list, mate. And uh, a lot of people might disagree with that, but you know, if you only play seven of your 61 games as a striker, you can't really really be called a striker. Um, so we'll move on swiftly. Uh, the next one is Andy Carroll. I mean, everyone knows about Andy Carroll. One of one of the hardest players to play against, I'm sure, for any defender in the Premier League on his day. Um, just injuries absolutely ruined him. I, I, I love the man. I thought he was brilliant at the football club. Um, 34 goals. Should have been a hell of a lot more. Um, so, yeah, definitely a striker. Should have been a hell of a lot more than that, to be fair. But the next one, Wellington Paul Lister. They were much of him.
2: <laughs> no, that was, a, was that a January... Lonely and all in it, I think. Was, was he
1: <laughs> a January, January loan? Um, didn't play a single game um, because he arrived. According to this article, he arrived at the same time as Joe Cole and Marouane Shamak. I mean, there's your competition right there. <laughs> he was never getting in the team, was he? Um, yeah, kind of came and it came in the January loan, left in June, um, and no one had really heard of him before, during, or after. Um, kind of faded into the into into the wilderness, but Shamak also arrived that January, zero goals. And I remember Shamak purely because when Jack Sullivan was on Twitter apologising to everyone that we'd signed him, you kind of knew it wasn't going to work out then, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah straight away. Um, yeah, he looked half decent in an Arsenal side who were, you know, they were they were extremely good then. But yeah, another one you just thought, come on, why have we signed you? Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have him any. I mean, I suppose he was a striker, but I wouldn't have him anywhere near the list, to be honest.
1: Well, I put him in there because he did play games. Yeah, he's a striker. Yeah, I mean, um, and he was a striker. Um, so, he, I mean, you can look at him and go, "Yeah, he's a flop of a striker, really." Um, but the next one I've taken him straight off the list because he never played for the club was Sean Maguire. Actually, doing pretty well for Preston at the moment, um, but arrived in for an undisclosed transfer fee in January 2013 and left January 2015 not a single sniff of the first team um so yeah he's a striker but you can't put him on that list
0: no.
1: um Madib Omega um <clears throat> just one of the weirdest strikers I've ever seen play for West Ham if I'm honest um scored one or two very important goals really? uh, namely that one at White Lane in the in the league cup but um rubbish you think
2: a, a funny player, some you right. I think he was another one of them. He'd score some goals where you, uh, you know, you sort of think how the hell have he done that? But his general play, I, I thought he was quite poor to be honest. But he will be remembered for the Spurs goal, so yeah. you know, you probably have a lot of people listening to this game. No, nope, Spurs goal, that's it. He's, he's he can be put in a bracket with like half decent players, so.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, he is—he stays on the list because he was a striker. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, I mean, barely played for us. I think he played four. Yeah, he did play four games. Milan Um he get a hamstring injury like, off, after four games and kind of just faded into the wilderness, and we, we let him go. I think paid him off in the end. Um, but four months later, he left the club.
2: Really? Um, yeah. but, I, I remember him playing. Uh, I remember him playing a couple of games, but you know, I think at the time, Big Sam was probably just taking a punt on a lot of them. When if they were available, yeah. he was a free
1: transfer. He was, it was a free agent after leaving Fulham, and even at Fulham, he would only scored five in twenty-three. So, I mean, he wasn't really ripping up trees anywhere. No. Um, the next one for me is a is a legend of the club, Carlton Cole. Um, arrived under GSB for his second spell. So he only scored eight goals under GSB. Um, but by then he was already on his on his way to becoming a bit of a bit of a club legend, so he definitely deserves to be on there. And I, I love Carlton and Carl, like just <laughs> absolute hero. Janai Gordon, Reese. How
2: much do you know about Janai Gordon? Um, again, I probably saw him in a League Cup game warming up, <laughs> and that's about it. I don't did he even play. No,
1: he didn't play. He's, um, his only involvement with the senior squad was as an unused substitute in that 5-0 thrashing of Forest in the
2: club. Oh, in the FA oh, Cup. cup. Yes,
1: yeah, so he didn't even get off the bench for that one. No. Um, so, he's off the list. You can't really include it. I remember when we signed him and he was signing from Peterborough, I think it was. Yeah, Peterborough. And I was saying, oh, what a player he is. Like, yeah, I've got a little young player there. Just never. Never happened. Um, Marco Borriello a rifle um, with a little bit of pedigree a little bit of pedigree
2: so, Yeah, I, th- I thought like when we signed there. them a couple of Italians they, you know, they they brought a little bit of stilt to the side didn't they, but he always seemed quite animated if we scored and things like that, so you know, I think he, he knew, but again I mean that's just typical us, wasn't it you know, I think we were struggling and all then obviously Carroll must have been injured and you know, to bring a fella in like that but uh, he he didn't score did
1: he he didn't score zero goals um i think he played like 10 games maybe for us um but yeah, he was another one that had injury problems so yeah rubbish another one but he stays on the list cuz he did play um i'm yeah. going to i'm going to swift through them but i'm going to start picking out the the ones that i've i'm really contesting uh and the next on the list is maro zarate uh Free transfer, but he played only played nine of his 29 games as a as a second or shadow striker, so not even an out-and-out striker. Uh, and the rest of his games was either out on the wing or attacking midfield. Um, they've got him in here as being a striker. I don't remember him ever being a striker. He barely played as a striker. Um, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Because I just... Like, um, he's not on the list for me. He's off the list.
2: No, nah, I don't. I, it's a weird one with him. I never actually overly rated him. Um, I've been to games where he'd scored and he seemed like I'd have a good... But there was just something about him. I didn't really... I didn't really rate him, to be honest. And,
0: you know, he, again, he done all right. He scored
2: that goal at Arsenal and mm. you know, I think he got a free kick that season and all, didn't he, uh, against West Brom or Stoke? And, but, yeah, I just... No, nah, not a striker, mate. Not a striker. A striker. You know, awesome. for me, he's the same sort of mould as like a Lanzini... Yeah. A couple of bit deep, picks the ball up, likes running at defenders. That's a nice yeah,
1: definitely. I completely agree. Next one, Enner Valencia. Um, no problem, really, with Enner Valencia being on the lift. Um, he did play most of his games as a striker. Um, scored an absolute banger at Hull, but then really didn't do much else after that. Only the 10 goals. Cost us 12000000 Um million. They've given... Weirdly, the man have given him an impact rating of 8 out of 10, which... Just baffles me no, completely. No. Yeah, I but, um, yeah, I don't agree with it, but we'll keep him on the list for that one. Diafro Sacco is, is up next. Um loved him. Yeah. Right. Like bit of a character. Uh 24 goals for us. I never forget that story it was when he was trying to leave and his agent was couldn't sell him before he had his horse racing at, at some event. Oh yeah, I remember that those, over. Uh, Yeah, over Chelsea, was not it? I think. Yeah, and I remember when I found it come up with Sky Sports, I thought oh, I'd better put some money away to score it and it won. Uh, so um, I've never been never been happier to see a player leave because it meant I'd won some money. But um yeah, no, he definitely stays on the list and obviously go a goal scorer in that final game at Upton Park. So it always Yeah, great
2: player. He was again, shame with injuries. Um but he done a lot of hard work for the side, picked on that before he uh as well as a goal scorer he did he did put put a shift in. So yeah. Definitely. Can
1: I have uh, Nene next. Not a single one. Like, he's never been a striker in his entire career. Uh, not a single one of his appearances was a striker at West Ham. Um, like, yeah, he was rubbish. Like, but again, he was another one at the end of his career. So he's definitely not on the list. Uh, he hit the post once, I think, for us. And everyone went, oh, I think he came off the bench <laughs> on his debut at the post. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, we will have a player here, but... Yeah, not for me. Uh, and the, the next one is equally as baffling is Martin Samuelson. Um But again, just n- never a striker. No, he was a um,
2: wide, wide player, wasn't um, he? That was it.
1: That's it. Both his first team appearances was an attacking midfielder in the Cups. Um, played three out of his 32 games for the under-23s as a centre-forward, so he wasn't really brought to be a centre-forward. He was quite clearly filling in gaps, even for the other 23s. Um, and even when he went out on home to on Peterborough, he played as a winger. Um, so he has no place on the list. He's coming off. Yeah. Um, Nikita Jelovic. Classic West Ham signing he was. <laughs> um, two goals. Played a very, very bit-part role in that final season at Elton Park. Um, he stays on the list because he was a striker, but um. Yeah, just a a very forgettable West Ham signing, wasn't he?
3: Yeah,
2: he started the ball rolling in the Cup, the FA Cup that season. Didn't even he win her against uh, Wolves, wasn't it? I think at home, and uh, yeah. so yeah, you know, he's he's again. He never really, he never really done loads. But another player that we probably should have signed about five, six years before.
1: Yeah, exactly. He Did a right at Everton, didn't
2: he? Yeah, yeah, typical West Ham, is it? Right? Yeah.
1: Next up, Luca Belic. Um. Just no, never played for the club. <laughs> uh, he he went on loan to Mother Motherwell in 2017. Um, but yeah, like, just shouldn't be on the list. Never played for the club. Now the next one uh, might surprise a few people that I'm going to take him off the list, but it's Michel Antonio. Now hear me out. We signed him as a winger on that deadline day, um, in September 2015. Um, he's actually only played as a striker. I, I mean, we're talking about our all-time leading Premier League goal scorer now. Um, but when we saw him, he was a winger. He's only played as a striker in 73 of his 184 appearances for the club. Um, he'd made 32 appearances as a winger and a right back before making his first appearance as a striker in October 20, 2016, um, and wasn't consistently used to strike until November 2019. So that was three years after he arrived, was he then turned into an actual striker. So for me, he's coming off the list. I don't know what you think, mate, because, like, yeah, OK, he's our striker now. He's one. Of, he's like the most important player in our team, barring and and Rice, but he's not a striker and he shouldn't be on the no, list. No, I he mean, a
2: striker. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't bought as a striker, mate, was he? So, you know, I think you'll always have that. He's sort of... Uh, the amount of goals he scored for us chucked in and they'll go, yeah, look, it's striker, it's striker that. But I'd like to know how many goals he's actually scored playing centre-forward. You know, because obviously in the the early days, when he was playing right-back, right-wing, he still used to chip in with quite a few goals, didn't he? So, no, I'm I'm massively in agreement with you there, mate. Yeah, I
1: think, I was actually, I was watching that video that the club put out when he got his 49th Premier League goal. And they put that video out of 49, all 49 of his goals. And I think we went into the beginning of last season with only like 22 Premier League goals to his name. In what, what, four or five, five years? And now he's got 50. In what, just over, you know what's it two, one and a half seasons. Uh, so it shows how much great form he's been. So I think the majority of the goals have been as a striker. But he did. You're right. He chipped in. He chipped in a lot as a winger, um, particularly in that first season. Next up, um. Is... It is Sofiane Sofian Figuli. Oh no it's not. It's Emmanuel m and m- m- but the less said
2: about him the better. Uh, two goals. Um Will won't be happy about that, mate. He loved that man.
1: Did he? Oh well yeah, he if he's shouting at his if he's sitting <laughs> well, on the enough. beach somewhere having a pup I mean, he'd probably be texting me. Um, West Ham Sophie- F- be on the yeah, exactly. Sofian figuli mate. Uh,
2: right when has up. he ever been a striker? No, right wing up War number seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah Pure- standard right so
1: right winger. Yeah, didn't play a single game as a striker. I was a right winger or a midfielder. 27 appearances, four goals and three assists in all competitions and was actually coming into a little bit of form before we sold him. I think he scored in the final day of that season. Yeah, yeah I
2: he's another one. He looked, again, he looked certain games, he looked half
1: yeah. decent. But... Yeah, but not striker, so he's off the list.
2: Nah, nah. Right, get him off,
1: get him off. Uh, Tony Mart- Martinez arrived with a lot of promise. Everyone raved about him. Um, did play a couple of little first-team games in the cup, no goals. Don't know what he's doing now. I think I, I don't know. I think he's at Porto now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's
2: He's, bang, he's banging uh, the playing champions league and things like that. So, yeah, he's another one. I think a lot of fans are screaming to, to have a chance, but he never did get a chance. And obviously, there's a reason why he didn't get a chance, but yeah, I've, he was a goal scorer because you could see what he'd done in the uh for the youngsters but yeah you know you can't be i certainly yeah he's on there but come on right down the bottom I'd say yeah definitely Um
1: next one not much to say about him but Ashley Fletcher do you know what nice guy I interviewed him in Slovenia before our game against Domzale the day before we played that and he just signed for the club lovely guy massive he's about three foot taller than me I'm ten years <laughs> older than him Like Um but madness but yeah really nice guy but just just struggled, didn't he? Um, yeah. And he struggled everywhere he's been since, I think, as well. He's scored a few goals at Borough, I think, but one goal for us. At Old Trafford, obviously, where we signed him from, so he would have loved that. But yeah. he stays on the list, but underwhelming. Um, Simone Zaza. <laughs> probably one of the worst we've had. is uh, obviously on the list, but woeful.
2: He's in with the Mido's and the Benny McCarthy's for me, mate. Yeah, rubbish. They're probably the top three, aren't they, I'd say.
1: Yeah, up there with Jonathan Cleary. He's the next one on the list.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, if, uh, if I remember rightly, the the, the game we beat Spurs uh, right at the end of the season, he, I think, did he start or did he come on? And give me his due, he did he run about. I know that's not a, the thing of what we're talking about here, but...
1: To be fair, uh, I'd run about if I got a game for us. Yeah, stand. no,
2: do you know what I mean? I think, you know, he... he Again, it just didn't work out for him, did it? You know, I see his name pop up now and again. I think he's in Spain.
1: Is yeah, in I Spain? think
2: so. Yeah. So you hear him scoring a couple of goals, but no, enough. one that just never got anywhere near working out, really.
1: No, but he stays on the list. The next one, Andre AU. Now he's coming off the list for me. Um, I know some people might disagree. We've got him for 20 million quid a year after we could have signed him for free. We wouldn't pay his wages. Um, only 14 of his 50 games for the club were played as a striker. Mostly played as a right winger or attacking midfielder. Um, so for me, I mean, he scored 12 goals, but for me, it com- comes off the list because he wasn't signed as a striker, played very few of his games as a striker. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? Because I wouldn't have him down.
2: No, no, same as the, you know, same as the Zaratis, the Abinas, players yeah. like that. Um, even when they beat, I remember he played, he played against us the last Saturday game at uh, Upton Park. He didn't play yeah. centre-forward that day. I think he scored a couple, but I think he, scored he, played, a couple, yeah. I think he played right-hand side that day. Yeah. Um, next one,
1: one that, I again, probably people might give me a little bit of stick for taking off, but Marko Arnautovic. Um, signed him as a winger. Yeah. He only played as a striker seven times in 145 games for Stoke City. So, we basically bought him as a winger. Yeah. Um, okay, Morris turned him into a striker and he turned into an absolute beast for us um, until he threw a strop and asked to leave for a lot of money. Um, but I, I, he's not for me, we didn't sign him as a striker. So you can't go, oh, he, he was a striker signing for Golden Sullivan. Um, so, he comes off the list for me.
2: Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Another one that was... Right handy side, you know, special talent. Um, and Moyes, he took a sort of had a go and putting him up top, and it worked out. And you're right, it turned him into a player that, you know, I was I was sad to see him go. Obviously, how it all ended up, you're not. But um, he weren't a striker.
1: No, definitely weren't. Definitely weren't. Next up, and this one it always disappoint me is um, Citerito. Um, so much buzz when we signed him still yeah. scored 17 goals to be fair um, just so much buzz when we signed him I thought, finally we've got that world class striker that we've been craving for years um, and he was very stop start there's times when he'd start on the bench didn't really get a game I don't think he got on well with um, Pellegrini but then obviously David Moyes rocked up at the end of his West Ham career and obviously they didn't really get on for the time at United um, so yeah disappointing because the, the feeling was that he'd, he'd absolutely smash it at West Ham, but he did at times. got some very important goals, but he's, he's definitely on the list for me because um, he was a striker. Um, so, what are your thoughts yeah, he, on him? He, he was a
2: tidy little player. Um, you know, he weren't the biggest of players. And when you, you see sort of players like him play for your club instead of when they're playing against you, you can see why he played at the top level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember a couple of games where I think we come back from losing positions, and he was always there with like a little flick header or something to get a goal or make keep and make the save for the for the rebound. So, yeah, it, it was a another one. It's a show. when we first signed him, I was like, here we go. You know, we're yeah. really going to be pushing on, um, and unfortunately, it didn't work out in the end. But yeah, good little player, good little player, scored some good goals for us.
1: His replacement, Jordan Hugo. Said about him the better, not very really good. Um, bless him. I think he's he's now at West Brom, uh, but he's been literally at every club that it seems to be down there in the in sort of the Premier League or the top of the Championship. He's played for Norwich, Borough, uh, now West Brom since leaving the club. So, um, yeah, he's on the list. Him and, him and his bubbles are on the list, but yeah, yeah, he's not, he's um, yeah, not one to be remembered. The other one. Oladapa Rafalaya, and obviously got his got a goal on his debut last year in the cup. He'll stay on the list because he's a striker. Um a little bit strange that we sent him out on loan, everyone thought he'd, he'd do well, sent him out on loan and then end up selling him to Bolton in the summer. Um so he's now gone, but he stays on the list because he has played and scored one goal. I think he's got the he's got the best goals to game ratio out of all of these strikers, to be fair. Um Yarmolenko. Now, if you can explain to me why Yarmolenko is on this list, Reese, like I'd lo- I'd love it
2: because is it the Ukrainian Yarmolenko that they've they've probably been watching over the summer, haven't they, and thought, oh yeah, look, there here he goes, he's a he's a striker, but he's not. Again, he's not. number seven. He will I play off the right. He, he's proven that he can't play a striker. When we have, he's, he must have played what half a dozen games, even coming on as striker. He's, he's um.
1: Played seven games as a striker for West Ham, all of them off the bench to help fill a gap. Yeah. So right. he he's not on the list. Um and it's just shameful that people actually have thought, oh, put Yamalenko on the list of strikers that West Ham have signed over the years, even though he's never been a striker. And he's probably one of the most well known players on this list as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, shameful addition. Next one is Jared Bowen. Um some might disagree. Nine of his fifty-six games so far for the club have been as a striker, most of which came last season while Antonio was injured. By the way, so they played a little bit there for Hull. Didn't sign him as a striker though, uh, which is why I've taken him off the list.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't. Again, things you read about him before we signed him, and that I don't really think he was ever put in that bracket of being a striker. No, uh, his dad was involved in a. Uh, a team that I follow in non-league, Murphy Tidfield. And he used to score goals for fun as a striker. But when they were spoke about, like, it, it was always classed as a, a wide player. Yeah. yeah it's
1: like, almost like an inside forward. So not a striker, but an inside forward.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're a striker, you wouldn't be putting in the donkey work he has to do to defend exactly. and stuff. Like that. You wouldn't be going back over the halfway line.
1: Exactly. And the last one on their list, and we've already touched on it, is Nikola Vlasic. Played 108 games for CSK Moscow, just two of them as a striker. <laughs> um, so obviously, but we've we've definitely not signed him to be a striker. I mean, Moyes might have different ideas if you look at what he's done to On for example, but you can't look at Vlasic as a signing and go, oh, Yeah, but he's a striker. Um, so he's not West Ham's fiftieth striker under GSB. So that's that's the list of strikers, Reese. Um We've pulled out a lot out of that. And at the end of the mouse article, they say, right, so that's 50 strikers. Um, oh, hang on, we've got... There's, oh, there's more here, by the way. There's definitely more. Seb Haller. We haven't touched Seb Haller. Um, do we need to?
2: Striker, lamppost. I don't know yeah. what
1: you. Uh, Look, <laughs> Lucas Perez, another striker.
2: Good finisher. Very good finisher.
1: Yeah, superb. Um, Masak Jew player, never played for the club. He's off the list, by the way. Um, Albion, a yeti, rubbish. I think they're the last ones. Yeah, they're the last ones. So, I mean, you see, I've easily forgotten all of those. But, <laughs> um, so at the end they go right. That's three hundred and five goals from fifty players. Two hundred and fifty-eight million pounds on strikers. Price per goal: eight hundred and forty-six grand. So it's a terrible record. Now, if you remove all the players that aren't strikers, um, are actually midfielders, um, or have never played for the club, or are just youth players, um, then you actually have 32 strikers signed under Gold, Gold Sullivan and Brady at a cost of 136.2 million. And I have scored a combined 170 goals. The price per goal is still 800 grand. So the maths doesn't really change.
2: Yeah.
1: But. The trouble is 32 strikers under Golden Sullivan doesn't really make people want to click, does it? Whereas a big splash, 50. Yeah. Let's, 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 pack yeah. It out with, let's pack it out with poor old youth players with dodgy knees and midfielders that have never been strikers. And, I mean, they might as well have thrown Kurt Zuma in there for a laugh. He scored, <laughs> what, eight goals last year. Um, Craig Dawson banged in a few. Let's put him in there. Um, yeah. Ian Pierce
2: from back in the day, mate. Ian Pierce, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean David James played up front for City yeah. and we've signed yeah. him as well. So stick David James <laughs> in this, list, why not? Um so yeah, like it's just uh it's just a strange article for me. Got me really angry on Monday morning. Um doesn't take away the fact that we're still absolutely, completely and utterly rubbish at signing strikers. That's probably why David Moyes didn't buy one in the summer. But yeah. Like if you actually look at it, it's, I think it's, it's well right, stop...
2: it puts a bit of sorry mate, it puts a bit of unwanted pressure on like that flasic. Yeah. You know, we, we know he's not a striker, but you know, some fans might expect him to come in and if he has a couple of chances early and misses them, you know, he got to be given time, and he's not a striker, so you got to be, you know, Antonio was was always like that. He always showed elements of being a centre forward for me. Yeah, um, and now he's, he's proven myself a lot. You know, he's proven that he's he's definitely what he's worth now. But you know, we shouldn't be. You know, you could see it if he scores it, would be, oh, 50th striker scores, West Ham's goal, blah, 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 wouldn't it? You know, it's, yeah. you don't want all that.
1: Yeah, and he could be playing at centre-half and he'd get a goal and they'd still call it a striker's <laughs> goal, wouldn't they? But yeah. No, it's just I mean, if you, as I said, the record of signing strikers has been woeful under under goal Sullivan and Brady. But, you know, if you can have a pop at the club, at least do it properly. At least be factual about it. Don't get players' names wrong. Um, don't put midfielders in there. Um, yeah, it just annoys me a little bit. I don't know why it annoys me as well. I mean, there's probably be people listening going, Jay, like, shut up. Shut up, mate. But yeah.
2: When I saw you down for it, mate, I thought, blimey, this is going to be a. Uh... You know, I know especially when you said there's a little thread about it, I thought Wales wow, is he's
1: going for it. The trouble is though, Reese, I just got so angry about it. Well, I suppose not angry, just a little bit irate about the old thing. But um I started mucking up the thread. I, I forgot to add tweets to the thread. <laughs> and then I went back to it and I thought, oh no, like people are gonna read that tweet about fighting Samuelson and think, what on earth is he talking about? Because there was no context <laughs> to it. <laughs> so um, to, yeah, it sounds like me and the man had a nightmare Monday morning. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let's move on. It was nice to reminisce about some of those, some of those strikers, good and bad. But um, let's quickly move on before we get onto the Betway charity bets. Let's have a have a quick run over what's happened in the international break up to this point. So, Beckham Rice, twenty fifth cap, got his goal against Hungary. Um, a new sub, for Andorra uh, in the Andorra win, but um, good, good, a good game against Hungary and just a bit of a wind up merchant as well in front of the in front of the fans at the, the
2: Hungarian uh ultras. Yeah you could see that that, that you know and the, but the thing is you want as a as a West Ham player I'd want to see that so yeah. playing for your national side you should be you should be really pumped up for it. Um you know there was times in the first half where I thought he's passing was a bit wayward um but second half like he typically does for us especially in that Newcastle game I thought he was one of the best on the on the pitch second half, um, and him and Phillips, are you know, they're superb together.
1: Yeah, two, just a great partnership those two, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely superb. And I'm pretty um,
2: sure I read as well. That's our first first West Ham player to score an in an England qualifier since Sir Trevor Brook in done it against Hungary, I think in, core, cool, 1976 or 77, something like that. Nah, so, nah. doesn't superb.
1: happen very often. Well, hopefully he can get some more. Um as a West Ham player, that is. I know I know our, our days are numbered with, with Rice at West Ham, but um it'd be great if he could win the World Cup next year as a as a West Ham player, couldn't they? But um moving on, Checkmates, we've got three of them now. Um all three started in a one 0 win over Belarus for, for Czech Republic. Um and all but Crow started in a three 0 defeat to Belgium. I think Crow came off the bench. Um usual really. Suchek's captain. Um at least all three of them came through. Pretty unscathed in terms of injury. Um, elsewhere, side so Ben Rama on as a sub and Algeria's 8-0 win over Djibouti. Um, no goals or assists even come off the bench. I mean, it's a bit
2: of shame. He comes off the bench. not and- seem to start for him, does he? I mean, I don't yeah. know much about the Algerian national side. I don't know, obviously, Mahrez is there, but I mean, someone I mean, playing in the Premier League, you'd think it would be a bit of a given that you'd start regardless, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, Ben Rama and Mahrez running at you. I mean, he's, mm. <laughs> it's a bit terrifying yeah. for any defender, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, he came off the bench. They won eight nil against Djibouti. Um, I mean, I'm quite happy that he's, he's a bench player for them. Yeah. he's not going to less injury, injury risk. Um, Kurt Zuma came up against Yarmolenko in a one all draw between France and Ukraine. Um, Vlasic started in crisis one 0 win over Slovakia. Uh, Pablo Fanaos now this is a good one hasn't played for his country since 2018 got his call up well deserved much deserved uh, Kate, uh, he was on new sub in Spain's 2-1 loss to Sweden but then he came off the bench to, to get an assist in their 4-0 win over Georgia the other night um, and I just love seeing a picture of him smiling because he's always happy and um, yeah got an assist for his country I think that's his first assist and maybe his fourth cap so um, happy for Fanaos and he, he's, out of all of them Probably the one that deserves it most.
2: Yeah, I like the, you know, following him on Instagram. You can tell the players obviously like him when he put on a bat having an assist, and Declan Rice was straight on there with the old fire emoji and things like that. So he just, he seems like a genuine fella to me. Someone enjoys playing his football, um, you know, and he he enjoys enjoys doing it for a living, you know what I mean? Like we all probably would. Um, Yeah. So anything he can do, um, in terms of the international side that's good for him and, and good for us
1: definitely and last up Big Mickey um, missed Jamaica's first friendly um, I can't remember who they were playing but he couldn't do that because of Covid regulations but uh, not the friendly it was, a, it was a, a qualifier but he played in Jamaica's 3-0 defeat to Panama um, he's, he, I think he got an hour he started the game got an hour I'm glad he came off injury free Um but, yeah, it's good to see him playing international football. Uh, it's a shame it's for Jamaica and, and, and not for England, but um, still happy for him to be recognised at that level and then actually getting some game time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he obviously made that choice, and I think he's been someone that was certainly knocking on the door of England um, over the last sort of five years. But I wonder now, the form that he's in, uh, whether part of him, you know, I'm watching the England game with Bamford playing and not loads of options after came. whether he's probably thinking, eh, hey, that could have been me then.
1: Could have had a chance. Uh, I
2: know he probably wouldn't have worked out like that, but, um, you know, yeah, it's good for him. At that stage of his career as well, um, even though, you know, he's a very fit fella and all that, to, to represent any sort of country must be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. No, no, I'm
1: really pleased for him. And he's going to miss their other game um, later this week because of COVID regulations again. So he becomes straight back to West Ham. Fit as a fiddle and ready for Southampton at the weekend, which is good. Um, no injuries, and so far, fingers crossed. As I say we're, we're recording on Monday night, so there are still a few games to be played. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get through without any injuries between now and Saturday afternoon, and we go in fully fit, ready to go, ready to go back to top of the Premier League. Definitely. Okay, so that is quite a long time of me having a moment about a Daily Mail article. Um, and uh, us looking over the international break up to now but still plenty to get through this week Um, next up is the Betway Charity Bets
3: Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. Yep, you can join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code we are West Ham. That's all one word. We are West Ham at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimised trimmer that makes shaving time your favourite time, just like watching West Ham is your favourite time of the week. We're lucky enough to be one of the first to try the new 4.0, and it's fair to say we're blown away by its performance. It's a next level product that really will change the way you approach your grooming routine. James, uh, trimmers, shaving, keeping yourself nice and tidy down there. Any funny or embarrassing stories?
1: No, nothing from me. Um, I'm not saying I'm a pro or anything, but nothing from me. But a, a friend of mine has quite an embarrassing story, which I always think about. Always makes me giggle, um, particularly after a few beers when we go out and night out with him. But on a Magaluf uh, lad's holiday about 10 years ago, he, he thought on his first night he'd um, give himself a little bit of a tidy up and um, went all as yeah, I mean as you do, yeah. But he he first time he'd ever done it. So he wasn't, you know, he didn't really know about the aftercare and everything that comes with it, and um spent a good, you know, a good twenty four, thirty six hours in in agony because of the the, the Magaluf heat and the, the sweating that comes with it naturally. Um and it was very uncomfortable for him. So um he got absolutely no luck, which was, was his intent his intention. Um and so we've laughed about it ever since. What about you, mate?
3: Yeah, to be honest, mate, I used to be a regular waxer, believe it or not. Um, just a little uh, professional studio he had near my my work in an old life, this was. And I used to go and get it done in a salon, but it's an expensive way of doing it. It's like 40 quid a go every six weeks or whatever it was. Um, and then so one day I thought, oh, you know, I'll have a go at this at home. It's got to be cheaper, bought all the strips and I won't go into details, but it was very, very painful and the uh it was not a pretty sight afterwards either so from then on switched to trimmers and it's been shavers all the way for me since then clean and tidy no hassle very very similar um effect so uh yeah to say not the not details but it was not pretty so uh yeah trimmers all the way to be fair man i never never had you down as a waxer (laughs) um
1: if i'm honest but yeah i mean you learn something every day didn't you um (laughs) Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer to combat all those embarrassing stories once and for all by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology, and it also has a very impressive 4,000 LED spotlight, which I can show you right there. Hey, have a look at
3: that. Shaving in the dark.
1: Shaving in the dark just in case you need to for whatever reason. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, the awkward
3: dark spots.
1: Little dark spots. Um, again, if you've got any, uh, it comes in handy. <laughs> uh, and that can be turned on and off when needed for a more precise shave. This thing literally does have everything, it even boasts wireless charging, uh, additional guard links with sizes 1 to 4, and a multifunction on and off switch that can engage travel lock. So lads, if you need to up your game when it comes to tidying up your trophy cabinet, or if you've been shaving down below with the same trimmer you use for your face, is the time to dip into the transfer market and bring in a superstar signing who will upgrade your look and feel instantly. West Ham have done just that this summer, so now it's your turn. So head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WEARWESTAM. That's all one word, Am. You wouldn't stick a goalkeeper up front if you're a manager, so why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming? Trust us, you won't regret it. So, no Betway bets last weekend because uh, of the international break, but um, we have got some money on the board already, uh, thanks to Reese on his debut week, betting, I think, what was it, 270 quid, Reese? Yeah. yeah. Isla's fight. Um, if anyone doesn't already know, for the first time listening, uh, we've teamed up with Betway to raise um, money for three key West Ham related charities. So, I'm representing. Uh, DT38, Dylan Tom Readers Foundation. Will Pugh is representing the Bobby Moore Fund, and Reese is representing Eyeless Fight. And we're raising money for, for all three of those charities. Betway are kindly giving us £50 each to put a bet on a West Ham game every week, and 100% of the profit profit goes to our nominated charities. And last season, we raised just, over, just under 12 and a half grand between us uh, Betwave kindly um, said that they will match anything that we win at the end of the season so we had about 12 and a half grand last year we're going again this year to try and beat that total for for our three charities and um, yes yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been it's been a bit of a, an unlucky start to the season Reese. isn't it I think the last game we were we were a little bit further off but it was the Leicester game where we were so close I think all three of us were one one away from taking some money but yeah um, but yeah, looking ahead of Southampton, mate. What what have you gone for?
2: So I think this week, mate. I think we're gonna. I think there'll be a lot of goals again. So I've done both teams to score, which I think, given our current, depending on whether Zoomer starts, I haven't really thought about that actually. But um, I think both teams to score. I think there'll be plenty of goals. So I've done over three and a half goals, and I've gone for Angelo Bonner to score any time. Nice, Angelo
1: Bonner's always. Always in amongst it with set pieces in there. And I mean I agree there's going to, definitely gonna be goals. Definitely gonna be, I mean over three and a half. Yeah. I like it. I've gone a for nice both. Free,
2: teams. A, nice, a nice free one. A nice free one. Yeah,
1: sure. take it. Take it. I've gone for West Ham to win both teams to score. Um I don't see us keeping a killing sheet against Armstrong and Shay Adams and, and the like. But um I've gone for Ben Rama to score and assist. Pump the odds up a little bit. Um I fa- I just fancy him like first Three games or three goals, three assists for him or two goals, two assists. And um, he's just going to be in amongst it. And a lot of people wondering whether him and Vlasic are going to be battling it out for that position. But he's going to start. Vlasic, I can't imagine Vlasic is going to walk straight into the team. So, And I reckon just having Vlasic behind him, knocking on his door now, it's going to spur him on to to really try and keep hold of his spot and make sure that there's a little bit of competition there for Vlasic to try and have. So um, I'm backing him to have a bit of a blinder on. On Saturday, um, and Will's gone in his absence. Will's gone over two and a half goals. Uh, Adam Armstrong, anytime, which is written in the stars given that we've <laughs> been linked with him all summer. Um, a Kurt Zuma, anytime as well. A lot of people expect him to walk straight into the team, but to get a debut goal for a centre half is pretty rare. I don't
2: know whether he will play or not. I don't know he's not going to have long to train with a team. I know that probably don't make a lot of a difference for players these days, but um, I'd be surprised if Dawson isn't starting again, I reckon. Mm. He'll be. And then I think they'll look towards the European game and Man United the week after when he's going to start really finding his best 11, even though, he, you know, he probably does know that already. But um, yeah, I reckon I reckon Dawson would be in with Ogbonna this week.
1: Yeah, I suppose you're right. I mean, he's only going to have about two days training probably by the time he gets back from the national duty. So, yeah, could be it. Um, he might come off the bench, nodding a brace.
2: Striker,
1: on... as a striker
2: on... Uh...
1: Yeah, he'll, so, be on... Mate, he'll be on your <laughs> list. He'll be on, he'll be on next year's list on the mail. <laughs> 51 strikers signed by Gold, Sullivan and Brady. <laughs> But yeah, so so they're our bets for this week. If you want to get involved, we haven't got the odds through yet. The odds normally come for around about Thursday and Friday, so keep an eye on our Twitter account for those odds. I'll be tweeting those out with some graphics. Um, but if you fancy either one of those, then around about, it'll probably be Friday, you can jump onto the Betway, bet, uh, Betway app or website, um, head to the game, uh, Southampton v. West Ham, and click on the pre-built bets section. Scroll down and you'll find... All three of our bets, you'll have our names next to them with the We Are West End podcast next to each bet. You have to scroll down and find them depending on what the odds are Uh, and let us know if you do back them um, because every time I back mine, um, or I don't back mine, shall I say, it wins. So I've stopped backing mine now. Um and I'm now still not winning. So um uh, but let us know if you do back them as well because it's always nice to hear that we're we're helping other people win some money and while we're raising money for some for three good causes. So um and one more thing actually, and I should have said this right at the beginning. Chad got in touch with us earlier today to make us aware that Betway after the Southampton game, Betway will be officially the longest serving shirt sponsor at the club ever. It's been seven years. And that's quite an achievement, really, for a sponsor. Given the way that, given the way that sponsors kind of come and go quite quickly, I and mean, we've, we've never had much luck with shirt sponsors, have we? Um, but Betway have been superb. I mean, they're helping us out with this podcast, helping us raise some money. But seven years uh, for one company to be on the front of a shirt, do a lot of great work in the community, uh, raise a lot of money for charity as well—quite, quite an achievement, don't you think, mate?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with you know the money that's involved in football these days you could I'm sure clubs must get inundated with offers to be shirt uh, sponsors. So, you know, it's uh it's good that it's good that they've stuck with us. It's good that the club have stuck with them as well. So, you know, they're obviously going in the right direction with things. Um awareness on betting, as you say, with a bit of charity work as well. So long may it continue.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And um I'm pretty sure yeah they did sign a, a new long term Deal last year wasn't it? So um, and the guy, the guys at Betway, obviously we're quite close to them. We we speak to them pretty much almost every day, um, and yeah, they're they're brilliant. Especially Chad, everyone loves Chad when he comes on. Well done to Betway, seven years as West Ham shirt sponsor. But next up, I'm interviewing James Smith, singer songwriter, massive West Ham fan, ex Britain's Got Talent contestant. Next. So now we've got something a little bit different for the listeners of the We Are West Ham podcast. You're used to us bringing you interviews with ex-players and well-connected journalists. Well, this week, it's neither. We've got a Britain's Got Talent 2014 finalist. He's a singer-songwriter. He's got a headline show at Scala next week. He's currently working on his debut album. His current single, Got the Love, is a must-listen. And most importantly, he's a huge West Ham fan. So I'm pleased to be able to welcome James Smith onto the We Are West Ham podcast. James, thanks for joining us, mate.
0: Oh thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. Nice. No,
1: it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Let's let's kick off with some West Ham chat, mate, because um you're big, big hammer, um, from East London. How did that how did becoming a West Ham fan come about? Is it just you know grew up in East London, you kind of forced into
0: it like the rest of us? Yeah, well, actually, I grew up in Upton Park, so uh oh, nice I grew up like next to the stadium basically. My dad had a had a stall on a on Queen's Market. Um and I used to work there loads and sort of, like, I, we used to go to every game. But the block that we used to live on, I, we could sort of see into the stadium a little bit. You know, in the old stadium, there was, like, the blocks on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, all my mates and that used to used to live in there. So we'd go to the top of the block and sort of peek, peek oh, through nice. the stadium. So, yeah, that's sort of how I got into West Ham, but... Yeah, can't can't get out of it now. Definitely not,
1: uh, mate. Yeah, you're in it for <laughs> life now. You're in it for life, yeah. like the rest of us. What's what's your earliest memory of being a fan? What's the first thing that you remember? Uh,
0: do you know what? I think this this is going to show. Uh, I mean, I, I used to go to the to the games a lot. My, my my earliest memory definitely would have been like walking down Green Street and everyone everyone going crazy and seeing all the, you know, like the police on on the. the the uh, horses and stuff yeah that would be my earliest memory but my like cra- the craziest memory was when I went I went to Millwall the last Millwall game with my dad and uh it was nuts I remember yeah. we, had to, we had to leave about 20 minutes early because he was like oh we're gonna get we're gonna get beat
1: up <laughs> Is that the was that the Winston Reed one where he got the winner yeah.
0: yeah 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 so um it was uh yeah I've got I've got many memories there and like and my my auntie used to work in the stadium. She used to like pour pints and that. So um, yeah, like a lot of family history there. And it's uh, yeah, I love it. I, I love the. I, I miss the old stadium so much. I miss it so much. Mate,
1: uh, we all do. We all do. That was actually going to be my one of my next questions. Was that? Uh, Did you get over there often? Given that you know, you got a busy music career now, but do you still manage to get over there to the to the new ground? And what are your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've been like handful of times. Uh, trying try and get there as much as as I can. Obviously, I'm I'm a bit bit more busy and so I I don't really get weekends and stuff. Uh, and it's it's hard with touring and stuff. I've been doing a lot of touring and stuff, so I don't uh don't really get the chance to to go to the games. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I used to go to Upton Park a lot. I had, I had a season ticket and stuff. Uh. But yeah, I just miss the old stadium. I don't, know, I don't, I don't feel, I don't get the same vibe from the new one, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone does. I mean, it's not a football stadium for a start, is it? It's no, um, you're miles away from the pitch most of the time, and yeah. Um, it's yeah, you do feel quite disconnected from it. But I suppose with the football getting a little bit better, it's um, yeah, it's it makes it a little bit easier, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's not, it's it's not what it used to be. But do you, do you go away a lot or? To get to away games?
0: Uh, no, no. I, I, to be, if I'm being honest, I haven't been. I haven't been to an away game. I've only been uh, to, to home games. Fair. I'm, I'm not that dedicated. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I should be, but but I'm I'm, uh, I'm not proud to say that I uh, that I do go away. Mate, um, I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, I I rarely go away because of work commitments, but yeah, the right. um, the. Up until what two seasons ago, I every time I'd been away, even to Slovenia in the Europa League, we'd lost.
0: Oh really? <laughs> um
1: and I was I was almost thinking, right, I am a bit of a bad luck charm here going away from yeah. it. I was just gonna stay in London. Um but then I went to went to Watford, which is technically London, I suppose, and we won. Um yeah. so I think I've ended that one. But I suppose I mean I'd rather just not go away and make sure that we, we yeah, win than um than, than us lose all the time. When I went away to Slovenia and we still lost to Domzardi, oh, yeah. but but yeah, that's a story for another day. But it, it's, it's getting better though, isn't it, James?
0: Like under David Moyes.
1: Um, what are your thoughts? Like the, the last 18 months have been pretty crazy, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they've been mad. I, I I'm, I honestly think that this side at the moment is the most exciting side we've ever had. Well, yeah. since I think, when was the last time we won the league? Was that in 1980, was it? Uh, well, not, 1980 probably. was the last time
1: we won the cup, wasn't it? FA Cup.
0: Yeah, the cup. Yeah. Uh but when when was the Premier League? Oh no, we never,
1: never won the league, have we? Yeah, no. we
0: have we? Um but I mean in terms of like aside you've, you've, you've got, first you've,
1: first got you've got nineteen eighty six where he finished third, don't we? Yeah. But yeah, other yeah, than that. Yeah.
0: Um but like when I see when I see like Antonio and Ben Rama together, it's just like the most exciting exciting thing I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like they're they're such an exciting pair. Um a lot of the side, a lot of the new signings we got as well, um, like uh, what's his what's his name, the uh, the French geezer, uh, Z- Zuma, Zuma, yeah. Class it, signing. It's exciting signing, um, I think. I think it's. I think it's great. I think the only thing we're sort of missing is at the moment is like maybe another striker, but mm-hmm. and hopefully, hopefully, Antonio don't don't get injured. But um, yeah, it's exciting, man. I'm 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 gassed. I'm really I'm really happy. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's,
1: it's um, okay. mate. Well still trying to get my around it if I'm honest, James, because like it was only what eighteen months ago we were all fearing relegation and, yeah. and now what next week we go we're in the Europa League group stages and we just finished sixth and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and and it's David Moyes as the manager, no one really expected it to happen under him, did they? But um you're right, like Ben Rahm or Antonio, Zoom is a great sign and Vlasic is a great sign, in. so um it's exciting. it's exciting. Um, and with this takeover talk as well, potentially, you know, it could continue. But um...
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's exciting. It's exciting time. I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone, like everyone I know, is just it's rooting for West Ham. Even even like uh, people Neutrals. that don't West yeah. Ham. do, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's yeah. and it's great. It's the first time, like in, in my lifetime, that i've I've ever had that that energy do you know what i mean i've I've ever experienced that and, and it's it's a great feeling especially coming coming off the World cup and not the world cup sorry uh,
1: the euros. euros yeah uh
0: and having such a great time with England and stuff obviously it was a bit bit of a gutting final but um yeah, it's just an exciting time for football and I feel like West Ham I feel like we're the most like English side uh, maybe that's biased coming from a West Ham fan but it just really feels like exciting. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I, I, I think there's, there's a little bit of apprehension this year with you know without the striker, as you said. But um, what what are your hopes for the for the club this season? Do you think that we can do it again in terms of a top six finish, or do you think that it's probably asking a little bit too much to to do it all over again?
0: No, I reckon we'll definitely get top six. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm love I'm, that. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm I'm pretty certain we'll get top six. To be honest, I think we've had a great start. It's just keeping it up, keeping keeping spirits up. I think fans fans having that great energy towards uh, towards the players really counts for something. I think, mm-hmm. and I think everyone's so excited. So hopefully, it should work. hopefully we should we should put, pull off pull off something. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a great it's a great time. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Do you not think we're going to get top six? <laughs> I
1: think it's a big ask. I think <laughs> yeah. I do think it's a big ask. I mean, because it was so surprising last year. Um, like I do generally think, oh, you know, if we did that again, that would be almost like just be like almost unthinkable. More unthinkable yeah. than it was last year. But I'd like to see us go for one of the cups. Like even if we we finish tenth, but have a good cut run, maybe do well in Europe or get to the final yeah, of yeah. one of the cups. You know, then you can kind of look at it and go, okay, well we kind of sacrificed a top six finish or finish yeah. the top eight for a bit of silverware maybe or a decent run in Europe or something like that. So yeah. as long as we're not in a relegation battle, then I'm happy because we're we're too used to that, aren't
0: we? Well it's yeah, we we are too used to it. But it's good to see Arsenal Arsenal down there. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, yeah. very true.
1: <laughs> very true. It's just it's just the same Tottenham are down there as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. They're they're up the top. Ah, bastards.
1: Yeah, it had to be them knocking us off, didn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's that, let wind back
1: a little bit, James, and Interested to to know who your who your heroes were when you first started watching West Ham. Who, who were the players that you kind of adored? Because mine was Tony Cotty. Um oh, wow. who, who who was who was the one player that you grew up idolising?
0: For me, it probably. I mean, around the time that I started going, and fully getting into it. Was around like the, the Tevez squad when we had yep. Tevez. Tevez was like I I was oh, I loved him, uh, but also like. A, a Teddy Sheringham was like a big name in, in in my family. We used to love we used to love Teddy. So uh, I don't know. And then also, also Noble. I mean, my mum used to well apparently she used to babysit Mark Noble. I know, obviously, uh, really? every, everyone everyone loves my he's still playing and stuff. But I think um, he's definitely a bit of an idol for me. How long he's been in the squad and stuff. And I think he's he really carries the team. Although he's he's. Only- i think he's only played once so far but uh yeah yeah i think maybe out of those three probably Ted, teddy Sharon and tevez and, and noble have been my, my favorite players for sure and then and then obviously this this uh, in the new squad i'm i'm loving antonio <laughs> i'm loving yeah. him
1: yeah can't get enough antonio and his dance moves i'm not, i'm just He'll praying
0: to... you don't get injured i'm praying
1: yeah, I mean that's everyone's um, everyone's prayers at the moment. You'd have to get me as a backing dancer one day, mate, for one of your gigs. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: or... I'm sure he'd be up for it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that'd be
1: great. It just, just I couldn't I couldn't um, ignore the fact that you see your mum. Your mum was Mark Noble's babysitter when he was younger.
0: Yeah, because he used to live on Green Street, and uh, we know we know the family, and well, my family know. I don't know, I don't know, him, but my family know uh, them lot. And he he's proper he's like an Upton Park boy, isn't he? So yeah. I think he knows he knows all, all my lot on that. And uh yeah, I think he's just a bit of a my mum always says, "I used to babysitting, I used babysitting. <laughs> um so yeah, I I and I think it's great. I think he's I think he's a right he's a good he's a good bloke, do you know what I mean? He he seems to carry himself really well. He he really respects West Ham. Um and yeah, he's just like just a top bloke, really. I I I love Mark
1: Noble, I love him. Yeah, but there's a reason why he's called Mr. West Ham, is it? Because he, he literally it. is Mr. West Ham. That's it. I, I saw an interview uh, with yourself and Rick Edwards recently, and yeah, uh, yeah. he asked you a question, which is interesting. He said, Would you prefer West Ham to win the league or for you to have a number one single? And you said, It's got to be West Ham. And he said, It can't be both. Um, and I, th- I thought, come on Rick, that's a little bit harsh like you know, yeah it's,
0: yeah bolder isn't it it's,
1: it's not too much to ask is it to have both <laughs> but given West Ham have been at the top of the league already this season do you think it's probably a realistic target to have having both maybe not yeah. this year but maybe in a few years down the line
0: yeah it is it is it is a target because you know you've got you've got to say you've got to say what you want and you've got to, you've got to manifest this stuff in you and uh I, th- I don't think it's impossible for me to get a number one single and I don't think it's impossible for us us to win. So um I mean if I could pick it would definitely like as we we're saying like it just it just seems like the impossible for, for West Ham to to do it. But I, I think we've got this we've got a great squad and obviously maybe not this uh, this time round but I don't know it feels like we're we're on the route to to getting there. Do you know what I mean?
1: Definitely getting there. I mean Leicester did it so they proved that you know, if yeah. Leicester can do it, then and I, I mean, I would say our squad now is better than Leicester's squad that that won yeah. the league a few years back. So, sure,
0: it's wrong.
1: definitely keep keep going for. If, I mean, if if we both if both of those happen, then I'll be, I'll be looking to get you back on, mate. Definitely, yeah. we can we can also about we'll get Rick Edwards on as well. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to your music, James. Um, for those listeners that maybe haven't heard of you, haven't heard much of your music. Um, describe your music sort of to to the listeners and sort of, you know, what could they expect from, from listening to your tracks?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, uh, I sort of grew up on, I used to sing, I used to sing down the market uh, to all my dad's mates and a lot, a lot of the old market traders used to love like Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan. That was sort of, that's what they used to really like. Um, So I grew up on a lot of that. And I think, that's sort of translated into my stuff in the fact that I play a lot of guitar acoustic guitar music, but yeah, it's, it's sort of like lovey, love songs, you know, bit soppy, <laughs> soppy love songs on a guitar. It's it's like singer songwriter vibes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I tend to write from, from my own experience. Um, I've actually just put out an EP called, called the district line EP, uh, Cause I've sort of I've spent so much time sitting on sitting on that tube, and I've I've written a lot of songs on there and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was very much inspired by that. Uh, and yeah, I it's a it's sort of a solely singer songwriter vibe, um, and it's very soft and and heartbreaking. But I I try and turn that off when I'm at West Ham. I try and get me geeky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you can't be too soppy over at over at Stratford, can you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Are, are they? Are, are all your songs sort of based on your own personal experiences, or is it just you know just whatever, whatever flows out at the time?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They are. I mean, I, I, I write a lot of stuff. I've, I've been writing the last couple of years for some other artists as well, Um and produ- I produce my own stuff as well. But I tend to the stuff that I just write random. And it's nothing to do with me I tend to give that stuff to to other people and then the stuff mm-hmm. that the stuff that I really relate to or is about a particular thing I have to I have to keep it for myself do you know what I mean so um yeah it is it is about a lot of experience but I'm just a bit of a sop to be honest with you mate I'm just like, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> just like writing about my heartbreak do you know what I mean it helps me <laughs> is that
1: is that what it's based on then from from like a a breakup or
0: yeah, like yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I've had I've had my heart broken a few times, um, and yeah, I, I tend to write about that. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying I'm, try, I'm trying to broaden my horizons a little bit at the moment um, with this new album. Uh, but yeah, yes, yeah, it's, nice it's pretty cool about that.
1: Nice. Well, you mentioned it there. I mean, the next question was what's in the pipeline. Obviously, um, no, you're planning on a, releasing a, a first album. What's um, What's that going to be like? Can you even say anything about it yet?
0: uh yeah i mean I'm, I'm still in i'm still in the process of of, of, of making it it's uh it's a long it's a long old process because you know we've we've a lot of uh artists nowadays i think i think a lot of artists can relate to this as well we tend to like write say a hundred songs and then we'll pick eight or ten or twelve out of them and mm. it's such a long pro- process so I've, I've written so many songs um for this project but I'm just trying to pick the right ones I'm trying to get because a lot of them are just rubbish do you know what I mean um I want to get I want to get the right stuff but yeah that the album's the album will be good I think I think I've got like uh, a good sense of of quality and uh I think I'll, I'll put that into into this into this work and uh hopefully it, sh- it will resonate with people a little bit
1: nice Nice. And headlining is it your first show since COVID next week at Scala?
0: Yeah, first time first time in front of a in front of a crowd. Well, my own crowd in, in ages, in ages. Like two it's two years, isn't it? It's been
1: yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You must be must be pretty buzzing about getting back up there and, and doing what you do best.
0: Yeah, I'm buzzing and, and also it'd be, it'd be it'd be funny because a lot of the people that's coming are are like all the West Ham lot and you know how loud everyone can be. So they're like proper Raddy, the crowds that, that come that come see me. Um so yeah, it's great. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it next week. Quality.
1: And you got your, your current single out, Got the Love. Um I listened to that yeah. for the first time earlier. Um, had it on repeat. I thought it was oh. really good, mate. Loved it. Um But what's it. what's the um what's the story behind that one? Is it just sort of part of uh, the story that we've already heard of in terms of, you know, previous heartbreak and personal experiences and stuff like that?
0: No, no. Actually, this one was about a uh, sort of. It was a song to all my friends and my little. I got a little brother. Um, I mean, my dad, and and a lot of my my boys that I've grew grew up with. They're all very like blokey bloky people, and and you know what it's like with blokes. We don't really like to talk about our feelings and and open up to anyone. And I know that a lot of them were struggling during this. During this lockdown, so I wanted to write this song to just be like, listen, mate, it's all right. I've got the love, you know. I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll give you some love if you can't, if you can't love yourself, or if you can't talk about it. I'll still, I'll still, I'll still love you. Do you know what I mean? So that was, uh that was sort of the premise around around this song.
1: I love that because, um, yeah, I know a lot of people that've struggled as well. Yeah, um, but it hasn't been an easy time for, for for many people, is it? So, no, I love that, mate. That's it's really, really good. I um, can't not talk to you without talking about Britain's Got Talent finalist in 2014. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was that like for, I mean, what, you were 15 at the time. I mean, that must've yeah. been, must've been pretty mental for someone trying to, you know, break into the industry, particularly at such a young age. And then suddenly you're on national TV in the final of one of the most popular talent contests in the world.
0: Yeah, it was mad. It's mental, mate. It was, it was, it was, crazy i mean my mum signed me up for it basically cuz i used to sing i used to sing down uh, east dan working Man's club i don't know if you know it it's, it's yeah, a lot of it's yeah. just go down there i used to sing i used to sing down there a lot and um my mum films used to film me down there and uh someone someone see it like a scout see it and then it, it eventually got into the process of me of me going there to, to the audition and uh yeah it just sort of all it all blew up really and I, I was sort of gigging ever since and it, it it made me like grow up from a young age you know what I mean I was a bit of a I was a bit of a rascal when I was younger like I got kicked out of school and all that when I was like I, I read the
1: story about that earlier
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean feel free. I mean if you want to talk about it we can talk about it
0: yeah well I moonied I moonied in class and uh they kicked me out <laughs> i love that yeah but i was just a bit naughty and i think i think doing something like that really made me uh, made me grow up and and realize like oh you can't you can't miss about you've got to focus on what you want to do and that and that really um that really grounded me doing that because i i couldn't muck about no more do you know what mm. i mean I, I couldn't be a shit because I, I, everyone was sort of on my twitter and i was i, I was on a few like magazines and all this and any any wrong thing that I said or anything that I was a bit naughty or whatever, it was like everyone would talk about it. So that really sorted me out. And um, yeah, it was it was it was great. And it yeah, like I said, it helped me grow up and and figure out what I wanted to do in my life, which is which is which is this.
1: And it must have opened quite a lot of opened a lot of doors for you once it all finished. Obviously, now being a finalist, that must have yeah. been pretty mental afterwards. Getting a lot of phone calls from people wanting to sign you up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I signed. I signed straight to, to sony straight away because as when you're on them shows, that's, that's what you do. You sign to Simon Cow straight away. Um, but I, I didn't last there long. <laughs> 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 but they tried to make me Justin Bieber, and I was like, no, no, thanks. really, yeah, really.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So I was I was there for a little bit, but then I, I ended up going to Virgin, and then now I'm I'm actually doing everything on my own now. I've like uh, employed my own team and stuff. Um. And it's, uh, it's the happiest I've been. So, yeah, I'm excited about the future. Great. Great stuff.
1: Great stuff. I'm going to end it with something a little bit funny, James. Um, well, a little bit of fun, shall I say. Uh, I don't know if you remember last year with the, the home win over Spurs uh, after Lingard, Lingard scored. And um, they did that celebration um, and everyone was calling for the band. I think it was von um, Auz, Deccan Rice and uh, Lingard all pretending to play musical instruments playing the drums. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so i was wondering um obviously they weren't singing in that but i was wondering if you could pick any one of the west ham uh players in the current squad to be to do a duet with who would it be oh, and why oh.
2: um
1: and um we have a running joke on a podcast um, it's, well, i mean people think it's a joke but we're trying to make take it seriously that the west ham squad listens to this podcast um it's not 100% confirmed um, but we've got we've got an inkling that they do because of a number of things that have happened after we've spoken about certain things. It's probably rubbish, but let's pretend they do. I so let's know. pretend they're listening right now, and you're calling out a West Ham player to do a du- duet with you. You don't know you don't know whether they have got a voice or not, but you're going to do it anyway. I.
0: Uh, do you know what? I definitely. I think I think Bryce uh, Declan Rice is hilarious. Like I think he's such a character, and I've seen him on a. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you've seen like chunks and all their channels on, on yeah. YouTube and stuff, but I've I've seen them. They're all matey and that, and they're they're a proper laugh them So I reckon, see, I reckon he's rubbish and all. So I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see Declan Rice give a little sing song. That would be that would be hilarious.
1: Love that. Well, Dex probably listening, so um come on, Dex. O- hopefully he gets in touch. Hopefully he gets in touch. Um, if not, we'll try and we'll try and get you both on and maybe we can do something for the podcast great, at the man. end of the season. But um but uh, James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um oh, thank
0: you very much for having me. really
1: appreciate you coming on and, and chatting about your beloved West Ham and obviously things that come up in, in your music career with the album and the current single next week's gig and, and stuff like that. But you know, for, for listeners that are looking to listen, hear a little bit more from you where can they find you on you know where's, where can they find your music where are you on social media
0: uh yeah so you can find me on i'm mainly on instagram or twitter or whatever, all the platforms and my name's at james smith vocal obviously there's loads of james smith so i had to, I had to find a common place. name in it it's like my james I, jones yeah <laughs> well, yeah exactly um so it's vocal at the end of james smith um and yeah you can find me on spotify just type in james smith and i'll be there somewhere um but yeah, there you go,
1: amazing, well, thanks very much for joining us james and make sure everyone make sure you check out James's latest single, Got the love Keep an eye out for when his album comes out and um can you can they buy tickets for next week's gig at Scala or is it is it yeah. sold out
0: yeah, there's a couple tickets left so if you if you fancy uh if you fancy come in, yeah, grab grab some tickets quick
1: brilliant, brilliant, cool well thanks james um and next up. We've got, we're wrapping up and we've got predictions for the Southampton game. Okay, so that's it for another week. Um, No Will, as you would have known this week. Um, I think I've done all right, leading, leading, steering the ship for for a week. He put this on me right at the last minute, so um, I tried not to flap about and make a bit of a big deal out of it, but I think I've done all right.
2: Yeah, Will Hugh, mate. Will who?
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait for him to have a little puppy. You about that? What's that group? But yeah, yeah. no I think it's gone all right. I um, hope the listeners enjoyed it too. um And I haven't put anyone to sleep. Like one of our listeners said that I, I could be a pro at doing. Um, and another one of our listeners recently said that I sounded fat and bald. Um, so yeah, and and Reese. Someone said earlier in the week that you sound like Tony Cotty.
2: Yeah, yeah. My father-in-law. He sent me a message saying, uh, "What's this? I like? you sound like Tony Cotty, but <laughs> I think you're the, the statement of the fat and bald probably suits me better, mate." So,
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I get all I get all the rubbish um, comments and stuff like that, and you get Tony Cotty, and I think I'd rather be Tony <laughs> Cotty, mate. To be honest, but, but fair yeah. enough. And Will hasn't had one yet. Will gets all the nice ones. Um, we'll try and if anyone if anyone wants to send Will. Uh, uh, thank God you weren't here this week message. Then um it might make me both me and Reese feel a little bit better. Yeah, but um, yeah. But yeah, next week, Saturday, uh the weekend Saturday we've trip to Southampton, chance to go back to the top of the
2: league, hopefully. Uh what are your thoughts ahead of this one, mate? Um I think it'll be a tough game. I'm I'm quietly confident we should have enough to uh to get the three points. Um We've been a bit hit and miss over at uh, St Mary's over the years, haven't we? So, uh, you know, the main thing is obviously getting keeping players fit in the international break, um, and then hoping that because we, we're going to be going into a, a new spell at the club, aren't we, from next week? So, if we can get the three points, uh, give us the uh, sort of the benchmark to uh, hopefully push on.
1: Yeah, you want to you want to take a bit of positivity going to Zagreb. Don't you really? Sort of going there with a with a with a win in the Premier League. Got a prediction, match prediction.
2: Three one. Three one West Ham.
1: Three one, take that. So Maris has been a, a strange strange place for us to visit. I mean over the last few years. We've got picked up a couple of wins there, but then there have been a couple of drab nil nils as well. It's either loads of goals or nothing at all. Um but yeah, I know I fancy for the win as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna i to say two one West Ham. I definitely think we'll concede. Um Ben Rama to get a goal and assist and win my Betway bet hopefully <laughs> uh, I've got to stay consistent and we mate? <laughs> But yeah I, th- I think I think yeah it'd be nice to get three points start continue the season nicely and take three points into the Europa League on Thursday night which um very very happy that obviously fans can get back can travel that was confirmed today so um so, yeah looking forward to that one um but that's it um I hope you've enjoyed the show. And um, as always, we're on Twitter. You can follow us at We Are underscore West Ham. Uh, same on Instagram, We Are West Ham Pod. Um, as I said right at the beginning, we are on Facebook. We've got a brand new, shiny Facebook page. Uh, search for us at We Are West Ham Podcast. Get involved there on YouTube. Growing very, very quickly. Again, just search us for We Are West Ham Podcast um, and subscribe to the pod. Give us five stars, write a review, and more importantly, tell your friends. Um, thank you to everyone that has. Listening to us at the moment, telling your friends about us, subscribing on all the social media channels that we've got. Uh, We really do appreciate it. And um, we we can notice that we're getting more and more over the last couple of months, particularly over the summer and since our YouTube channel launched as well. So the international break is almost behind us and it's almost time to welcome back proper football. It seems like at the time of recording, our players have gone through this international period injury-free, so we should barring any last-minute disasters have a fully fit squad for the trip to Southampton at St Mary's on Saturday afternoon. We can't wait to see all our new signs in action for the first time and we can def- definitely can't wait to see our boys back in action and keeping up the pressure in the Premier League title race. But we're well, second and we're well involved, so why not? Thanks for listening. Come on, We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, and this week's episode is sponsored by FootballPrizes.co.uk, where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a signed and framed Vladimir Suflau shirt. Tickets are just four pound ninety-five each, and just ninety-nine tickets will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Friday the 10th of September, so you've got to be quick and the draw is made an hour later, live on their Facebook channel. There's been some fantastic sign pieces from Paolo Di Canio, Decan Rice and Mikel Antonio last week, up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprices.co.uk to check them out.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.